0: Wilson. I'm here with Mark.
1: Hey guys, what's going on?
0: That was Mark. Mark, do you want to you do our uh, second half of the intro there?
1: Yeah, so um, this podcast first is brought to you by Alibi Lounge Sports, alibiloungesports.com. And the second part of the intro, uh, we have another guest on today. Uh, Scott Tomaszewski. Scott, how you doing, buddy? Been really? working with you for five years, Mark Woods. Always talking hockey. I'm really excited to have you on.
2: No, thanks for the intro, Mark. It's an absolute pleasure to be on your podcast. I've been a big fan since you started this whole endeavor. So it's great to, to be a guest on the podcast.
1: Oh, dude. Appreciate you having you. Appreciate honestly. Sorry, Zach, I just want to say before I came in, I honestly thought this was your first appearance. So I was gonna I was honestly thinking in my head, I was gonna do the are you nervous thing and <laughs> I was hoping for a Bennington response kind of, but I can't do that. Do I look nervous? <laughs> 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 That's what I was. I was thinking about that earlier today, but I uh, I brought it up anyway. So yeah, Zach, sorry, carry on.
0: <laughs> That's okay. Do your thing, man. Uh, I'll give you a brief topic uh, uh, rundown of what we're doing today. Um, we're gonna go over Rutherford resigning. Um, why? Why so soon? What, what happened? Um, we're gonna run over. Uh, will the NHL run uh, return to normal next year? Will we see the loss of the Canadian division? Who knows? Will the Canadian division um sorry that's not what i wanted to say i wanted to say we're just seeing the canadian division battle between the leafs and the halves for that top spot that is a unreal battle going on right now um i think mark has us beaten unfortunately right now scott
2: well Um, our two points up right now they got seven wins montreal only's got you know they're five oh and two right now so
1: yeah you never like that look (laughs) it's the games played right like they could just lose one you're pretty true
0: But we're gonna we're gonna go over the topics a little bit later, but let's start with uh Rutherford resigning. one of you guys can start? I don't even know what, what happened. Like
1: this, Scott, well, I, want to say, go? I think you have a little bit more information on this than I do. It seems yeah. like so I don't know. Yeah, if sure. Happening. I can take it. So I think it was what's today's yeah, today's Saturday. I think it was like
2: earlier in the week, just abruptly Jim Rutherford just resigned in the middle, like the start of the season, and sure caught everybody off guard and there wasn't really any reason why he decided to step down and they say, Oh, obviously he's, you know, with COVID and he's 71, he's older, but he said, no, it's nothing health. wasn't health reasons. He said it was just the time that it was time for him to step away. So I don't know if it was what the whole end, we may never know why he stepped down, but it could have been, he could have been doing a trade that ownership might not have liked. And they nixed a the trade and he said, okay, I might have to resign now because they don't want this. And they might just honestly say we might go in a different direction, but. That's all I kind of really gauge. Um, sorry, that's all I really can say so far. I don't really know a lot more than that. Like, it's kind of really hard to say. There wasn't really much else out there. Like, if
0: they're gonna go and get another Cody Cece, I'd probably want to quit too. So,
2: <laughs> hey man, he had an assist the other day. You know, classic Cody. He shot from the point. that didn't miss wide. So. Like nine feet wide. <laughs> I don't know how you guys
1: dealt with that guy last season, honestly. That guy frustrates me, and I'm not even a leaf fan. Oh,
2: Tell me about it every game, man. It was just like, what is Cody Cc going to do wrong this game? So,
1: <laughs> But um, honestly, one one reason why I wanted to talk about this is because obviously we talked about before the show that Rutherford, I we personally think, has been on the decline, at least since, as a general manager, since the Penguins won the Cup. But he's done a lot of great things in his career, right? He's got, did he not- <laughs> He was on Carolina when they Yeah, that's what I was thinking. The Carolina, and then he's got the back-to-back. So he knows what he's doing, right? Pittsburgh went through a little struggle there between that cup and what, 08 or 09 to 16. And they kind of had to do some retooling. And I think he did a good job at getting them back there and giving them the opportunity to win. And honestly, a lot of people didn't even think they were going to get it done the second year. And they did. So I kind of, I posted this link in the chat you guys saw. I'm kind of curious, like, what you think his worst and best like moves are jeez. because honestly mark, do you have any go the, ahead mark if you if you know the one that comes to mind honestly first and I'm, I'm just gonna go to the worst i honestly think it's a reacquiring kapanen and the way i the reason why i say that is because pittsburgh already right before that decided we're gonna give our first to minnesota next year Mm -hmm. and they went and traded their first this year for, you guys obviously have seen and play. I don't think he's ever even proved that he's a top six forward yet. Can he get there? Yeah. But you also gave up the 15th overall pick who I'm really high on in Rodion Amirov, and I think he would look great in Pittsburgh even in the next two years playing with Crosby and Malkin. So as of right now, I'm going to say I think that is his worst deal. I'm still scrolling through here. And there could be some other bad ones because honestly, I'm still looking right now. This Phil Kessel one might be one too.
0: <laughs> Phil Kessel one was I'll bad, but uh, listen, the, the last one they did with um, with lease was honestly probably one of his worst. Um, when you when you lose out on it, listen, I just didn't understand giving Kappen in a fir- uh, getting a first for Kappen. I just honestly didn't understand that to give up Rodion Amerov for for Kappen straight up. Looking at it now, I just I don't think that's a good trade. Scott, you're you're a huge Leafs fan as well. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I was honestly surprised when the Leafs were able to get a first for Capitan because, like Mark was saying, you know, could he get to being a top six? Maybe like he had his opportunity playing with Matthews with injuries, and he kind of showed a little bit of it, but not a whole lot. But to be able to get a first for him, I was really surprised they were. And then, like you said, you know, taking Mirov, how well he played for Russia and the in the World Juniors, and then even now he's been playing the KHL and really good, and the Leafs fans are really high on him. So. I say, the Leafs kind of got fleeced, you know, Jim Rutherford a little bit too. But one thing I'll give Jim Rutherford credit for is, is, he wasn't afraid to make a trade. Like if he wanted to make a trade, he said, I'm just going to go ahead and trade this guy. Like he wasn't, he was just going to go, he just did it. They didn't care what anybody else said. I'm going to make this trade. And heck, the Phil Kessel trade, yeah, it was bad. But that playoffs that Kessel had and their first cup win, like when Kessel, he was, he could have won the con easily that year. And, but yeah, definitely it's, some of them were that capital one still, it's really odd, like how he was able to like at least were able to get a first round pick out of it. Good perspective. Mark, I, I know you were going to say something there.
1: I, I totally agree, man. It's just a, like, like you said, and definitely not a bad player at all. I just think it's, he's never consistently shown that he can be a top six forward. Is what I'm saying. He's kind of filled in, in and out, but I, I just don't know if that's worth the 15th overall pick. Plus the Leafs got one of their better prospects in Philip Holander, who seems like he's probably going to make the NHL eventually. I don't know if, how much of an impact he will have, but Hey, like there's another player Pittsburgh could have that's gone, but yeah, dude, I, I don't know. I'm still just kind of scrolling through here. Like I, I kind of have it, seeing right here. I think his best trade honestly was getting John Marino for a sixth round pick. Oh, yeah. That's a great, that a great one. July 26, 2019. And I don't know what what's with that dude. Like Edmonton gave them Schultz for pretty much nothing. Now it's Marino. Like,
0: but it's also Edmonton. Are we really surprised?
1: <laughs> not really. No, not really. <laughs> they got Adam
0: Larson for Taylor Hall. So,
1: <laughs> and I sorry, I do want to say um, elaborate on what Scott said. You're right. He has just been one of those GMs that has never been afraid to make a move. Like you even see. Um, I think Ricola and Marcus Pedersen got hurt early and Mm -hmm. Pittsburgh right away is in the market for a bottom pairing defenseman, probably because they also hate Cody (laughs) CC. But you know what I mean? Like he you're right. He's totally just not afraid to go out there because he knows that with Malkin and Crosby, like you're not going to be rebuilding. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So He's trying to give him the best opportunity to win. I just don't think the last little while he's really done that too well.
2: Oh, that's right. And then I forgot all. He also traded the Horn Quest for Mike Matheson, like this, like this off season too, right? Like obviously, that's been so long since the bubble. But yeah, but people forget. Yeah, he traded Horn Quest for Mike Matheson, and that
1: trade me is very confusing because I, I I heard it was like, oh, it's just so Pittsburgh can free up cap. And then didn't they end up bringing back? Yeah, I'm looking on here. They added seven hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars in cap to the trade. Doesn't make sense. Like, like I, I I don't. Honestly, I feel like it's kind of good for the team that he's gone. I hate to say it, just because of his legacy and stuff, but I don't know, man. This team's kind of trending downwards, and we talked about it last week, Zach. I just I don't think they're a playoff team this year. I really don't. I think that division's too hard. And look, if they made it, would I be surprised? No, but I, I just think the competition in that division's too strong for Pittsburgh this year.
2: Oh, definitely. Like, look at Tristan Jari, right? Like, he looks like he's kind of struggling being the starter this year, and they decided to to keep him over Matt Murray. Right. And you can kind of see, they think they're making a bet right now with how Matt Murray's doing in Ottawa is he's not doing too well, but Hey, that's Ottawa and they're a rebuilding team and he's getting lit up most nights. But like you said, yeah, Mark, definitely. It'll be a, like if they make it, you wouldn't be surprised. It's Pittsburgh. They somehow still find a way to make the playoffs, but if they don't make the playoffs, you know, like what, what do you do? Like, obviously Malkin is I think coming up on the end of his contract and he's what 35 and, then it's a thing. you start to question like, will Sidney Crosby play for another team? You know, will he decide to be that one man team? Like how Lemieux kind of was, does he want to take on that legacy or will he be open to potentially, you know, moving to another team? Like that would be, you know, with the name of Crosby to, could never see him leave Pittsburgh. And then all of a sudden, boom, Crosby's moving on somewhere else. I heard uh,
1: what, sorry, in interrupt, Zach, I just want to say quickly, it's kind of what they've been saying, like with Kane lately, right. How Chicago's doing this thing. Will he get moved? Who knows though, right? They say no, but how? Sometimes they're just like, I'm in my 30s, like I just want to win again, right? I heard a rumor that
0: even even Montreal would be a a shoo-in to get Crosby as well, and and that'd be an interesting. Again, I don't I don't know what you'd give up for him if it was a trade, but that'd be a very interesting grab for them.
1: I, I wouldn't even know where to start. dude. <laughs> well,
0: well, you move to Zoom, you again,
1: it
0: has to be Caulfield, right? But again, I wouldn't we're even talking do that. about
1: Crosby going to Montreal, but yeah i I just don't know like it's it's such like an it's still like obviously you'd have to give up a lot but it's just kind of like awkward because of his age right oh yeah it's like how much do you really want to give up for a guy who's on like the like i get he's still unbelievable but like you know what i mean like how much longer is that actually going to be sustained you know what i mean look at
0: yogur this guy can come out and start playing until he's 48 in the nhl if you really wanted to right (laughs) speaking of, could be done next year
2: yeah. Sorry man. to interrupt you, Zach, but speaking of Yager, apparently he's still playing Day, Like I saw a highlight. He got a goal assisted by Thomas Placanitz. Like he's yeah. playing Ladno, and he's like, what, almost 50? Like
1: I don't think yeah, he's- he owns the team. He? Yeah, he owns the team, I think. Yeah, he does, I think. Yeah. An older player. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's going to stop anytime soon, man. And that's probably like just like the perfect level for him at this point. In the mm-hmm. speed and he's back at home. Definitely. I do have to ask, is Placanitz – in like now is he still wearing the turtlenecks i, was thinking I was thinking.
2: couldn't tell you probably oh, we gotta find that out <laughs> <laughs> why, why wouldn't he man it's his legacy right yeah right um leafs legend just... thomas Pacanett's actually <laughs>
1: <laughs> what
2: was it, that, was, games? that was the most awkwardest
0: time in that rivalry oh my god came on. over to toronto you yeah, did also
1: play his 999th game with Toronto, and then when he went, he went back to Montreal for like a week, and he yeah. was a thousandth game, and then just retired. Yeah. <laughs> and his thousandth game was against the Leafs, I think. I think so. well, it might have been the, yeah, first I... game of the next season. Yeah, pretty cool
0: actually. So
1: Zach, so, sorry, were you trying so, to? No, it's
0: okay. I was, I was gonna move on. If anyone wants to touch, I was about to say just
1: Kind of gonna transition over to the next topic, if you want. No, yeah, I'm, I'm. I was go sorry. Ahead, Mark, go ahead. Go ahead. I was honestly just been kind of thinking about this because like we're in the end of January right now, this is a shortened season. And I'm assuming like the NHL season, they want to get back on track for October next season, especially with Seattle coming into the league and they want to make sure everything's on time. But do you think the NHL will return to normal next season? Like as in division alignment, um, obviously a vaccine is going to be a huge part of it and fans, but it's just curious to know whether like Toronto could be crossing the border to play Buffalo, like you know what I mean. I'm kind of wondering what you guys think about it because honestly, it's it's about like eight months away if you really think about it, right? And when's this season supposed like when's the Stanley Cup final supposed to
0: be?
2: Hopefully July, I believe they're because of the Olympics, right? They're trying to not to compete with the summer Olympics this year, so I think they wanted they yeah. extended it till I, I don't late
1: July. I I think it's because. And they also can't wouldn't even be able to get the games on TV because of the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I didn't even think of that. But also now I'm hearing the Olympics might not even happen. Have you guys been hearing that? Yeah,
2: hearing I that? I heard about that too. But like they said, I think it's only speculation right now. They're trying to go ahead with it. And it's like Japan and obviously their stuff could be, we might not know here a lot of stuff, but they're regardless of what happens, I think they're going to try and do it safely. And they're going to want to get it done because it costs like what, I think a billion dollars or something like that for yeah. them to postpone it for a month. But to talk to go on what Mark said about normal, I think it's yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how they get back. Like they want, I know Gary Bettman said he wants to start back in normal in October of next year, and that'll really depend on how you know the how the world you know goes next eight months with vaccines and who can get them, and will we see fans in the building? Just depending, of course. Now there are some teams in the states that do have fans, like Dallas has fans. I think Arizona's had fans for a while. St. Louis, I think next week in their home opener they're having 1400 fans so slowly i'm sure you're going to see fans but like you said mark i don't know like will we see the leafs cross the border i think that all depends on governments right so if the government's not allowing people to travel for the you know the longest time would they allow it for the season i think it all depends on how the whole covid situation is in the next eight months i know everybody's hoping that it can be a lot died down the vaccines are helping and we can slowly move back into normalcy but that might not take till 2022 but if they can get to somewhat of normalcy i think they want that because they have the new tv deal coming in too right with nbc so that's going to be some money too well imagine how much money they're losing this year without fans right like it just blows me away gary benman i think he said billions there's not millions it's billions they're losing this year so he said it would have saved them money if they shut down but like if you look if they were like the nba is playing the nfl they're almost in the super bowl the mlb played the mlb is probably going to try and get back and so it would look bad if the NHL decided, okay, we're going to shut down and not have a season where these other major leagues are still going, even though they've had to deal with their own COVID. Like the NBA has had how many games missed because of contract tracing. And they're like, oh, this team's missed like four games because of COVID. And you're slowly starting to see that in the NHL with Vegas just got their game postponed because Petrangelo was on the list. Um, their coaches were just on. So they had
1: the AHL coaches coach. Sorry to interrupt. That's kind of something I actually wanted to talk about. So yes. So what happened with that? What I heard was Vegas showed up to the rink on Tuesday, and McCrimmon came in the room and he literally just said, "Our coaches are not coaching tonight. They're on COVID protocol. I'm going to be coaching with the Henderson Silver Knights yeah. staff, or that's right, or whatever they're called." Yeah. So then, two days later, the game gets canceled because Petrangelo was exposed or whatever. So like, but what, what is the line is what I'm trying to say. Like you see these Vegas coaches on the bench, they're all wearing N95s and all other coaches are wearing like those cloth blue masks and, um, sorry. And, um, they come up with N95 masks and then they come to the rink on Thursday and there's just no game. So does it take a player to be able to cancel the game? You know what I mean? I like, think the coaches so. were exposed and yeah, I... the game wasn't canceled but one player is on the list now and their games are canceled for next week and their game was canceled on Thursday. So it's just a little bit confusing to me. You know what I mean? Oh, definitely. It's I I hear you like yeah, the
2: coaches like they played their game on Tuesday and they won and then yeah, two days later like you said, they just oh, we're going to cancel practice games are canceled because Patrangelo got exposed but like you said it doesn't always mean there's a positive test I think that's why I said it's really this whole protocol list I mean it could be a you know it could be a test they're doing a testing like could be an inconclusive test they want to do it could be contract tracing but like you said yeah they're wearing masks like how did that exposure get to the players right of course they're on the bench all the time and who knows and what's going to happen with that but like you said it's really interesting to see like, they're play one day and then the next day their boom, their games postponed. And even today, Chicago had to cancel their practice out of abundance of caution due to COVID, you know, exposure. You don't I mean, know what don't happened there.
1: Last night too, right? Against Columbus. So yeah, they did. Columbus and then they, picked, now.
2: they play Columbus again tomorrow, I believe.
1: So that might get canceled too.
0: Definitely interesting to see what's going to happen in the next few days. Um, I'm sure canceling the season has been on the back of their mind um for me I just don't think that's logical I don't think Um,
2: since
1: they started I don't think they're gonna exactly
2: that's why they left some of the games time that they'd be able to make these games up so they they knew that they obviously they knew they wouldn't be able to get out they knew there would probably be cases and they'll have to manage that you can see it in all the other sports and like I think they left the time frame to be able to make up these games like I think they said like there's certain teams will play like 50 or something games in like 100 days or like the Tampa Carolina because they missed some with four guys being exposed to I believe had to stay back in Nashville with their certain protocols like if you're exposed in that city you have to stay before you can travel back so it's gonna be really interesting to see what happens if we're gonna see more I'm sure we'll probably see more um, of that and you kind of see it less in the Canadian division than you do in America like Winnipeg I know early on had the one canceled practice so did Vancouver but I think they said one of them well, that was like a Ehlers apparently woke up with a sore throat. So they canceled it and it turns out he was fine and it wasn't COVID. So you'll just, it's really interesting to see how things move going forward. And will you see more cancellations of practices and games?
1: Hey, but honestly, well, like, they're, they're taking the right steps though. Like, you know what I mean? You never, you never really knew if he had it. Right. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'd rather
2: someone it. be sure they don't
0: have it. Right. Exactly, so, Definitely. And, and, um, and you were, you were going on to some Scott. We want to talk about the Canadian vision. Like for me personally, I, I, I see it staying co- maybe not COVID-free, um, COVID-free to an extent compared to the American divisions. Um, do you guys see it staying relatively COVID-free?
1: I wouldn't be surprised, like, if people are exposed to it and stuff. But I, at this point, I don't know if, like, there'll be any, like, game games canceled.
2: Yeah, I kind of agree with Mark. Um, it's yeah it's kind of the same way like you've seen like obviously we know in Ontario right now we're in a stay-at-home lockdown so we can't really go anywhere and I'm sure like the Leafs they know they have certain protocols and they understand how serious it could be if they have an exposure Montreal is the same sort of way in Quebec they got a stay-at-home order as well too so it's literally you go to the rink and you go home that's it and so like I think they're the Canada is a little bit more cautious with everything especially with the governments and I know recently Alberta just did sign off on the WHL coming back, that they're scheduled, they're coming back. So they're trying to get games in. But I think as of right now, if they're doing their best they can to keep it as COVID-free as they can, I'm sure, you know, as the season goes on, you may or may not see some cancellations to practice just to be you're on the side of caution. So I think as of right now, they're doing a great job and keeping it the way it is. And, you know, limiting the travel does definitely help. And we just kind of see how the season goes each day here.
0: I think having those games, maybe like a, a Monday, Wednesday game, um, Calgary versus uh, Montreal in Calgary, you play Monday, Wednesday against Calgary in Calgary. I, I like that because it keeps them in in that city for the, for the time being. Um, again, it, it kind of sucks. You got to stay, I'm assuming, in your hotel. I mean, we saw it in the cap situation, right? They're not allowed to visit each other's hotel rooms. So that's a little bit of an issue, but um it also like for being, travel,
1: travel purposes right just even for the owner's money like it's just a lot easier to yeah only go to calgary like four times a year instead of like possibly seven or eight right oh definitely yeah,
0: play each other nine times right so it does make a lot of sense um well something i i found out today um you guys told me that someone's gonna be a healthy scratch tonight with which is a little surprising to me does anyone want to announce it for people i mean they're gonna find out about it so
2: um, well, I okay, guess so I can take this one. I, we found out this afternoon that uh, Travis Konechny was actually being healthy scratch tonight on the Flyers, which is very odd because he's like their top leader right now in points and, and goals. And apparently the reason they're saying is Alain Vigneault is not liking his five-on-five five play and he knows he wants it better. So it looks like he's sending a message to the top guys that if you're not playing well, we'll sit you regardless.
0: And see, look, I I, I get it. He's still a young guy. Um, You kind of got to... You got to show him who, who's boss, I guess, so to say. Um, but for me, I, t- I was talking to you guys before this. I personally don't like the move because, again, he's going to come back with a vengeance. You know he is. He's not going to take it personally. He's a professional.
1: So uh, um, there's a quote from Vigneault here about it, actually. It was just got out at 5 o'clock. So the person just tweeted, it's at from Adam uh, Kem- Kemmelman on Twitter. It just says, one more on Vigneault when asked um, if it was hard to sit connecting in a big game like this. Um, sorry, or... If it was time to send a message and he said, I'm not quite sure it's such as sending a message as I'm addressing certain players in certain areas. I've been addressing this one for some time. Obviously TK in my mind is one of our top three forwards. He's done some things really well. He's going to the net a lot better. He's stopping in front. He's creating confusion. He's being able to put some pucks into the net, but there's a bigger game. There's a 200 foot game that you need to play, and tonight he's going to get an opportunity to reset. And I'm sure next time he's going to be in the lineup. He's going to be real good for us. And again, that's very well said. I just don't know if scratching him in the is the answer, though.
0: It, and that's my whole point. Even in the season, dude. Mm-hmm. And again, he's 22, 22, 23. Put him on the fourth line for a game.
1: Yeah, honestly, I think that's a get way him five better
0: minutes. Run
2: exactly right because that way
1: to earn his he needs to play better when he's out there for those five to eight minutes that night and he's gonna have that much more energy on the ice so he needs to prove
0: exactly i'm sure i'm sure if you sat him down before this game and and you went listen we're gonna scratch you now go show why we should we we didn't right and i can guarantee you if he goes out flat you sit him for the rest of the game and then bench him Mm -hmm. right i just again i when you have your top score out for the game, I'm, I'm, who are they playing today? The Islanders, dude. I'm, they're going to lose. I know that's a pretty, just for one
1: player, but I'm going I'm to call it. They're going to lose oh, today. you hard out of fantasy then? You told me to take them. <laughs> <And> I did. <laughs> I'm kidding. But yeah, I, I, honestly, dude, but seriously, like you got to think the Islanders are such a good defensive team. And now you just took out one of your best scoring wingers. Dude, some of the, the Islanders have what, two, three
0: shutouts this season already? I might be wrong on that.
2: Well, I think so. Yeah, they had one. Well, even was it last game for the Islanders? They were up three 0 nothing against Washington and gave up six goals. So I'm okay. sure they're coming out with, they didn't like the way they played last game. So they're going to come out ready to play. And I definitely agree with you guys. Like, you know, you're going to sit, your one of your top guys. I'm sure it probably sends a message to him and the whole team. Like, oh, you know, oh shit. One of our top guys is sitting better, play better. And then, like you said, with connecting, you know, why not play him on the fourth line? If you play him five, eight minutes in the fourth line, he goes out and shows he can play that 200-foot game. You move him up, and in the, you know, you move him up, and then you can move people around. But it's gonna be, yeah, definitely he'll come out flying. You're definitely sure the next game after the scratch for sure. And honestly, but I guess it's also
1: also, sorry. There's such a deep team that he'd still be playing with some pretty decent players on a fourth line.
0: I was also gonna say it gives those guys some extra run as well right it gives
1: one less guy lawton and maybe like raffle or like morgan frost Mm -hmm. you know what i mean
0: yeah it's a bigger role in a game in a in a big game like this right so again like it's kind of a double-edged sword right like um personally we don't agree with it but i'm sure again they're professionals they know what they're doing right so um i'd like to see who's actually slotting into connecting spot
2: um i think it was samuel more uh samuel morin He's playing forward. He was a defenseman. He's playing forward, I believe. You yeah, said Samuel Moran. I'm like, is he a D? <laughs> yeah, he was. And then apparently they moved him to forward, I believe. Oh, yeah. wow.
1: At camp they did. Uh, yeah. Why?
2: We haven't seen that a lot
0: lately. I think the last, correct me if I'm wrong, the last time we've seen that, maybe once or twice since, but was Brent Burns.
2: Yeah. Brent Burns. Yeah. I don't see it a lot in the NHL actually. Buffalo. Well, I mean, cause too. we have good forwards available. Yeah. Bufflin was a forward in Chicago and then he gets, you know, goes to Atlanta and then becomes a defenseman and then stays a defense in Winnipeg.
0: Dude, I... Maybe that's why he retired. Maybe he wants to play forward again.
1: I mean, yeah. <laughs> has, obviously you guys might know the answer, but has Samuel Moran been injured because he played three games in the A last year, one in the NHL, two in mm-hmm. the A the year before, five in the N. So that's like 15 fucking games in two years. And then I, yeah. 17 games the year before. So what, I think, think it's hurt. a little bit of that and a healthy scratch as well.
2: I think he was hurt. He had, like, I don't know if it was shoulder or a but I think he was hurt for a while. It might have been a concussion, but
1: I think he that's why he hasn't played. Point. He doesn't have a point in the NHL. Yeah. I think he's been hurt. That could be why. First so off,
0: speak, awesome. Speaking of healthy scratches, not really speaking of healthy scratches, but speaking of healthy people, we have a huge guy coming back tonight, back tonight David Pasternak, who was supposed to be gone for at least another month. And that's a huge, huge addition for the Bruins, who haven't really had an issue without him so far. I mean, they're five, one and one,
1: right? Um, I think the first couple of games of the year, I saw like Boston fans were freaking out a bit just because they didn't have a five-on-five goal. But I think yeah. since then, it's kind of turned around, and they've been playing solid, man. And even uh, defensively, they've kind of surprised me. Like some of their young guns, have, not young guns, but their young guys came in, like Vaknin and even like Zaboral. Like they actually look pretty decent. And, like, that's a reason why they moved on from Chara, right? They wanted these young guys to have a shot. And they've looked pretty good so far, honestly. Yeah, I didn't really know what to expect losing Krug, right? Oh, definitely, yeah. And they signed Craig Smith in the offseason, too. He's been really good. Very underrated
2: player. Underrated signings has been really good for them. And like you said, yeah, everybody's freaking out. Like, oh, my God, Boston, New Jersey, we're the only two teams that haven't scored a five-on-five goal. And, you know, like they said, Bergeron and Martian have kind of carried their way through. And they're, you know, doing pretty well. And now they're getting, you know, they're one of the – top scores in the league back like the guy constantly scores about 30 a year in his sleep you know on one of the you know nicer contracts in the league at six by six you know so Boston fans I'm sure happy he's back and he'll probably go back to what he was doing all the time score and go back to that number one unit with Bergeron and Marchand and just dominate like he has been
1: and there's another guy like we were talking about who could play forever is Bergeron man that guy just seems like every single year like he's just so dominant you just think he's gonna slow down but isn't he like 35 or 36 now? And he just looks fucking better than ever Yeah, he, than ever.
2: I think, I think he is. He's either, yeah, he's 35. Cause he, he played, yeah, the old five world junior team, he had played in the AHL like the year before and like the lockout. So I think, yeah, he's probably almost 35, 36, but he's just been such like the two way, you know, guy, you want know, 200 foot guy, you know, the Selkie trophies, just doing it at both ends, power play, penalty kill, just doing everything. And, pretty much carried, you know, that him and Marshawn and they've, you know, carried that team for the last little while here.
0: It's nice to see if they get another forward other than Pasternak, maybe step up and, and become that new Bergeron and Marshawn. Right. Again, like I could see Marshawn and Bergeron doing this for a couple more years, but you got to ask yourself, when's it going to start slowing down? Right.
2: It's true. Yeah.
0: So I don't really have a transition for this one. So I'm just going to bring it right up. We, we, we had a really good rookie last year in Kale McCarr. He's having an unreal season. Now, before we get into him, I want to ask you guys, who do you guys think is in the, the forefront of rookie of the year so far? And no, it can't be Quentin Byfield mark, okay?
2: <laughs> he's playing in the A right now. So yeah. <laughs> um, well, obviously, like obviously uh, Lafreniere, you know, he's probably be at the top, but he's having a little slow start. He did score his first, you know, NHL goal the other night. OT winner, nice OT winner, so that's good. I'm sure he'll start now. He's got that pressure off. He can just go and play but man you know kill kaprazov in minnesota that guy has been so much fun to watch
1: Electric to watch man oh,
2: Man, Oh just the first game and it goes out you know gets a goal and the ot winner man the guy just makes plays like you know obviously minnesota waited a long time for him when they drafted him he just you know they let him play when the khl develop and now they're showing it's all worth the wait for Minnesota. He's just an exciting guy to watch. Anytime Minnesota's playing, you see highlights. He's always doing something, you know, is making a pass this way, deacon a guy this way and scoring. But I think he could be a solid, like he could, you know, make a case for Rook of the Year, definitely.
1: And he is and honestly, like, Minnesota has been waiting for a guy up front like that. They've always been this stacked defensive team, and they finally have this superstar. Their patience has proved
0: off, too. And I can guarantee you if they brought him last year, again – He's, it's not like he's going to hamper his abilities, but I just. I think. I think it almost boosts his confidence a little bit coming in with with that much more skill as a rookie, right? It's mm-hmm. almost. It's, we. I think we said it. Um, a podcast or two ago. Um, it almost reminds us a bit of. Um, oh my God, uh, Panarin a bit, again not as old coming in, but he comes in with a little bit of KHL experience and he's starting to light it up too.
1: And look, he's only 23 years old, man. This guy's got a long career ahead of him. All he did was just spend an extra couple of years in the KHL and Hey, he's Russian. They, they want to do that. Right? Like <laughs> there's no issue with that, but they they've waited and it's been a heck of a wait Cause this guy's a hell of a player. And do you guys see, again, we have Lafreniere. Go ahead, yeah, Mark. What were you sorry, say? I do think that he's going to end up winning the Calder. And I think it's going to be because of age and experience. I think he's just going to be a, the best consistent player all year. But one other guy I want to bring up who hasn't had got a lot of recognition is Ty Smith on New Jersey. Ooh, yeah. That's a good good pick. He I, scored don't know today. How, I don't even know if he was really even supposed to kind of make the team this year. And then I thought He's it was a good going camp. to take him another year maybe. But, fuck, he looks pretty good, right? He does, yeah.
2: He has been.
1: On a team
0: that needed some good defense. Again, like, they've gotten guys like PK Subban and um, Sammy Vattenen, right? But they needed a guy that, that was going to come in and be uh, – a solidified um, two-way defender, right? And and Will Butcher's turning into that, in which we talked about last time, an old Hobie Baker Award winner. Um, so I think again, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna jump too early at the Devils, but the, I think they're starting to round into shape and in what and what they wanted to do. This is what they've been waiting for, right? So I think it's time for them, especially with some two good goalies, right? Scott Wedgewood actually looks decent too. And
1: they're waiting yeah. on Dell, right? So they
0: didn't, yeah. He's still oh, yeah.
1: quarantine. They, they stole
0: Dell from us.
2: Yeah, cause yeah, their goalie got hurt, and then Mackenzie Blackwood's been their starter. And Wedgwood got a shutout like the other day. I forgot he was still playing, but even with New Jersey, Ty Smith's been really underrated for them, and he's had such like people. Every time New Jersey's had a good game, he's been in the forefront. And even Jack Hughes, you know, of course, every last year the rookie season he had, and you know, he got a lot of time off to just build his body and get a lot stronger. And you can see it's paying off for him early on, like. He had that unreal goal that day. He just snipes one short side, I think, against the Islanders. And he just loves, like, he's having so much fun playing Hawking. And you can see, like, the time off helped him definitely. He's having such a bounce back year so far. And I'm sure Dallas fans are happy to see that, you know, of course, they think, oh, is it a bust? He was a first overall pick. But hey, sometimes guys just develop, you know, it might not, take, they might do it. Like, of course, the least we're lucky in Matthews, you know, first game, four goals. And it's not all guys aren't going to do that first game, but you know, some guys might take a little bit longer than usual and you're just going to have to wait and it'll pay off in the long run. Hey, man, you even look at,
1: sorry to interrupt, you look at like Ryan Paling in Montreal. Like he, I never really thought he was going to be like an absolute stud, even though after that three goal game, but like he's like literally been struggling to find a spot in their lineup. Like, you know what I mean? His development path is just not really gone as planned. So, but in
0: credit, in credit for paling as well, I think that's also uh, in part due to Montreal management and bringing in, a lot of people, right? Again, like, I, I don't know if he would have found a spot this year without bringing Josh Anderson, Tyler Toffoli, but bringing those guys in, it leaves it a lot harder for him to crack that lineup.
1: And honestly, I i, th- I think it's fair enough. Like, I'm the kind of guys, like, you got to earn your spot, man. Like, if you're on the verge, like, you, you got to you gotta do what you got to do to earn that spot, and I'm not just going to wait for you. Because honestly, that's, like, something like like someone like Jake Evans has done. Like, he's earned his spot on this team to be a fourth-line center, and I really like him. And I'm not just going to give that to Ryan Paling just because he scored three goals in his first game. Like, you know what I mean? Against the Leafs,
2: of course, you know, (laughs) always. So I I want to ask you guys a
0: question. And I know we have it written here. We have our own little notes going over here. But I I think Mark may have a blunder in there. We'll see if he catches it. So my question to you guys is there's three teams without a loss in regulation. There's three of them, Mark. Who are they?
1: Well, Montreal. Yep. Caps. Yep. Oh, my God. There's. Oh, four. I know. I, I, four. I know. And there's actually. I know Florida.
0: Yep. Yep. That was the first That's, one. And then. Um, there's there's oh, I four. Think, I think Dallas? I know.
2: Yeah. I, think it's I,
0: I, th- I thought Scott had it. Yeah. So there's four teams still under without a, a loss in regulation. But man, Dallas looks unreal.
2: They've played like three games and their their power play. Of course, they're saying like the least power play has been so good this year because it's second in the NHL and they'd like it would be first. But Dallas scored like nine power play goals in like two games against yeah. Nashville, and that's why their their um, power play percentage is so high. So, but they've looking pretty good so far without Sagan, right? Like Sagan's been out for most of the year. He had like whole torn labrum surgery, so they're looking really now good. Jamie Ben, I think, was is gonna be down for a bit. Uh, yeah, I think it was a game time decision today. But man, that Dallas power play—like Klingberg has looked unreal so far. That play he made the other night, on where he just toe-dragged Mantha and then fed Dickens for the OT winner. But man, Dal- yeah, Dallas—the three games, like the games they've played, their power play has just been so lethal right now.
0: Pavelski again, like I, when he first came over from the Sharks, I was kind of, kind of questioning the move a bit. But hes he, it's paid dividends for him. He's—he's he's doing really well over there in Dallas.
2: Oh, he was. He was so good for them in the playoffs last year in the bubble. Like he was so good for them scoring the goals and he just, the guy that Dallas hadn't had for a while. And he, you know, like he, I think in the bubble, he became the all time American like playoff goal scorer in like NHL history. Right. So it paid dividends for them. And he, even the start of this year, he's had a really good start to the year so far.
0: Definitely good to see. Um, again, I, we were clowning Dallas last year on the start of our pod. So it's, uh, it's good to see that, you um, I guess how even the league is, honestly. Again, like, we, we have teams at the top of the top of the standings that, again, eight, eight games in, can't really say much, but we wouldn't have thought of, right? We have Columbus in first place. Again, they, they have a division of the Stars and Panthers and Lightning and the Hurricanes, who've all played four games. But again, like, they don't look too bad, man. Like, they have really good goaltending. It's just, let's see how, how well eight does for them as well,
2: right? Oh, he probably will. Like, they have that weapon on the power play now. Like, you can think for the longest time, they think they've ran like either Seth Jones, Renski out there. And and now they just got this weapon lining that I think totally even said about, it. he's like, I'm so happy. Now I got this guy I can put out and they'll probably just run it all to him, you know, put him on the first power, put him on the half wall. And he'll just let that shot do what it does. And I'm sure that'll <laughs> definitely help out their power play. And, you know, Columbus has, you know, over the years, you know, they've been not been able to score a lot of goals. And now you're getting a guy who like he's taking, but 40 goals up in his sleep or his one off year was like, 28 goals but that's because of the shortened season where he probably would have got 30 again so it'll be interesting to see how he plays with Torts. apparently he's excited to play with it and should be a lot of fun to watch him in that system and how he plays and who he plays with too it's like obviously Dubois not there so you have Max Domi do you you put him with Domi like on the right side in the first line or do you put him with Texier who's their second line center now it's going to be interesting to see where they put him where they slot him in you guys see that Texier or Texier shootout goal Oh man, that was his first career attempt. And then to have to pull that off in your first career attempt, just walk in and slide that's it one-handed five hole. I think they said it on the, the, the broadcast like beer league move, like Jeff was yeah. a beer league move, like someone you try in beer league. He literally poke
0: the goal. he did the goalie's job to put in the net. He poke checked the puck in the net.
1: I mean, give him that, credit. That was actually crazy, man. I'm surprised that he did that on his first attempt. I did not know that that was his first attempt. Neither
2: did I. I was like, man, that's good for that. I'm going to try it. Hey, man, that's what we love. You know, the shootout, everybody said, oh, they should get rid of the shootout. You know, they should just run three on three for like 10 minutes. You'll see a lot of games end. But the odd time you get a shootout where you have a goal like that, and you're like, okay, you can see why it's still in there, you know? So, Well, and you, I, w- I wanted to touch on you,
0: you mentioning the uh, that new weapon on the power play, right? Like we saw York Strand's goal the other day on that, right? side from Moransky, right? Now just imagine putting a, a guy who can shoot twice as fast, right? Like um put, putting a guy with more with with Wierenski who finally gets to play with someone with I don't want to clown their team but with some offensive capability, right? Like um again, I think I think we were kind of bashing the trade a bit last week just because of um, we we're unsure how Wine was going to do in in Columbus, but there's already talks about him signing an extension. Um there's talks about Tortorella even saying that he's excited to have him right so it's very interesting because a lot of people were not expecting that right
1: no definitely not you gotta think on the aspect too right like we're thinking it's not like the greatest market a couple of star players have kind of left recently but it's also a finished player uh with a finished general manager now right so you got to think about it that way Uh, like i we were talking about last week i'm just really curious how uh like the next contract's gonna look like i i don't know like i can't really see him signing eight years but
2: it all
0: depends oh. uh,
1: on how... i was also going to
0: ask if, if that's why you think Line a got there faster, was because they sent him a private plane.
2: Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think he apparently he was in Ottawa. He had to yeah. do some paperwork in Ottawa to get his visa, I guess, to come into the U.S. And so they said, you know, we'll fly you a private jet, which they probably... the Yarmo probably got the private jet, a team <laughs> private jet, and picked him up so he could come out and go through the quarantine that he has to do to be able to play soon, so... Dubois, has another week to go, and then he should be practicing if everything goes well, and then you'll see him in, behind Shifley and in Winnipeg. Well, they're even saying that um, we might see line
0: eight by, by Tuesday in Columbus. Oh, well, there you go. Very so, interesting. interesting so, so last, I want we'll bring up our last topic here, and we were getting a bit into detail off uh, before our podcast, so we had to stop ourselves a bit, but this NHL, again, COVID, COVID, COVID. But this NHL schedule is terrible. Someone has to get fired or reprimanded because this is not a good schedule, man. We have, for example, I'll let you guys go on, but today we had a game at, what was it, 1, 2 o'clock, 12 o'clock?
2: I think so, yeah. It was 1, Devils 2, and 2,
0: Sabres, yeah. Not a great game. Not a great game. But then we got to wait five hours for our next game of, what, 10? 10 games on the slate? Yeah. Mark keeps disappearing on us. <laughs> Are we boring
1: you, Mark? I'm him let my dog out. <laughs> Tell has got to wait. <laughs> dude, so this scheduling, like, obviously we brought it up, but it's like 7.20 right now. I'm on NHL.com. Like, every fucking game is in the first period, and you're just going to have, like, seven intermissions at the exact same time. Like, even a couple nights ago, I was telling you guys, like, there were six games on, and they were all in an intermission. So Like, I don't really understand why a couple games can't start at 730 and instead of seven. So you can kind of have games going on, like at all times all night. Right.
0: Well, I'm thinking too, like, wouldn't you lose almost revenue streams because you have five, six games going on that are all in the same intermission. So you're going to go turn on big bang theory.
1: But the thing is what I said, do you, do you think that they like want them people to watch like hockey night in Canada and the intermission and stuff? Like, that's why they don't do that. I think so
0: could be yeah they pay these could guys be. a lot of money remember we were yeah. hearing a story about they were paying um kevin bx to fly out to yeah, yeah to film hockey night in canada and then fly him back so you gotta mm-hmm. think like we didn't even think that's a really good point mark like i can guarantee you that's probably what it is like they they want to get some they want to get value for their money right
1: Sorry, I was muted for a second, but and also because Don's not there anymore, right? Like he was such a huge attraction at the period, so they kind of gotta like make up for that. You know what I mean? I'm not really sure how they've been doing necessarily since he's left, but
2: I think they're I just doing don't... okay. Yeah, I would assume they're doing been okay. up apparently. Like the ratings, they said the last little while the ratings have been. There's not a whole lot else on, right? The ratings have been up, but like you said, like it's we have what tanking at 7 p.m. and a lot of times you know there's not a lot to do. So there's so much hockey. I'm like, oh, I'll switch switch to this game on, oh, it's at the intermission too. I got to wait the 15, 20 minutes the intermission is. And man, it's like, you got to, all the games at the same time. Like Mark said, space them out, do like seven, seven thirty, even seven ones at eight o'clock. Like depending on where they are with the different time zones, you have one a couple hours back and well, so I know. Honestly, start, going,
0: start going on the half hour if you need to, right? <laughs> 8.30, 9, 9.30.
1: Well, I know like last year um, they were doing, like that one o'clock game on Saturdays was um, like the European, the game, was it the European? I don't know what it was called, Scott. I don't know if you remember, but you know oh. how they were It's like the, it's not like the global series, but it was just so like yeah. people in Europe could watch the game at like prime time. Mm-hmm. And there used to be games like at four, like it'd be one, four, seven, 10. So yeah. what was like the, there's no four o'clock game today. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's just kind of stupid.
2: Oh, definitely. I agree. Yeah. So, and
1: so the Leafs they're in Edmonton, right? So technically they're playing at like four their time it's
2: Four, it's four to everything. Cause we had the wow. late game on Thursday night. We had the 10 o'clock game. So that was, they got the seven o'clock slot on Thursday and then tonight with how, you know, it's Saturday hockey night in Canada. So they'll have the seven o'clock slot. So yeah, like you said, it's four o'clock. So you have people in Edmonton and out West who have the games a little bit earlier. So yeah, I don't know how, you know, things i'm sure as the days goes on we'll see how the schedule goes and they might space out depending on they go but hopefully you know as the days goes on we don't see this many games all on at the same time and hopefully have some space to flip between all the different games going on
1: yeah dude 100 i uh hope they can kind of do something about this so we kind of don't have to struggle with this all season i'm mean, even looking tomorrow like one o'clock they have a couple at five like why can't they even do that today like that's kind of just strange Two
0: two five o'clock tomorrow like it's ridiculous
1: and there's even like a lot of games on a sunday tomorrow like compared to usual right like there's usually i would say other years like probably three to four max like it's usually those lower down days of games but depending on the chicago columbus game there's eight or nine games tomorrow a lot of games happening right
0: yeah even even the space like it's spaced out really really nice tomorrow we got two games at five two at seven two at eight
1: yeah dude that's a That's pretty good. So I'm going to be stable to my coach tomorrow. (laughs) All right. um, Zach, Scott, I think we're going to wrap it up here. Honestly, this has been really fun. Honestly, just chit chatting about hockey. And I've been kind of watching a lot about a lot of it lately. Sorry, Scott, appreciate you coming on. Thank you very much. We'd love to have you on again, kind of more, maybe like mid season. Oh, definitely. A bit later we can kind of even go into the Leafs a bit more in depth. Kind of just, we did the Canadian episode of, couple weeks ago so we probably couldn't talk too much more about them but dude really appreciate you're a great guest thank you very much
2: nice to have some
0: sorry Scott it's nice to have some professional analysts on that's what I was all gonna gonna say
2: oh thank you it was was (laughs) a lot of fun to be able to come on you know you guys have a great little thing got going here so definitely like whenever you you know want to chat I'm definitely pretty much available anytime that works with your guys schedule so definitely I'd love to be back on just to keep chatting hockey
1: all right
0: appreciate and, that man and everyone's listening you you know where to follow us mark you want to give us a the uh the accounts again on where to follow
1: yeah on uh instagram i believe it's off a glass podcast and twitter is off the glass pod and um no other socials as of right now We're kind of working on some more but that's it guys thanks a lot for tuning in Thank you.